Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Nazarene Bible College. Are you glad you're here? Yeah. I'm just, just making sure. Uh, we have a number of guests with us this evening. I want to take the, a moment to uh, introduce a couple of them to you. Uh, first, um, the Commissioner for Internet for Education for the Church of Nazarene internationally, and also the Director of Clergy Services, Dr. Dan Kopp, has been able to join us this week for the Board of Trustees meeting. Dan, if you'll stand and, and wave, and everybody else. And the and the reason one of the reasons that Dan is here is that the Board of Trustees for Nazarene Bible College uh, has gathered uh, today and yesterday, today, and tomorrow in order to uh, conduct the annual business of uh, the Bible College. And so I'd like all the members of the board and your spouses, if you'd stand, the rest of us would like to recognize you. So I did a little bit of looking. 49 years ago this month, Nazarene Bible College's first board met in Kansas City, Missouri to chart the future of the fledgling school called Nazarene Bible College. In fact, it was called the, not the Board of Trustees, the Board of Control, but <clears throat> someplace along the line that got changed. <laughs> it was called into being by the Church of the Nazarene to train men and women for Christian service, and the result is Nazarene Bible College has been preparing men and women for Christian service since 1967. This evening, Nazarene Bible College's Board of Trustees have gathered along with the school's administration, faculty, staff, and students to hear the ninth annual report of our college president, Dr. Harold B. Graves, Jr. President Graves' report will provide facts and figures names and details that tell the story of the college's past, present, and future. The report will allow, will show, show excuse me, that, net, that NBCD is still fulfilling the mission set for it by the Church of the Nazarene in 1964 and begun in 1967. The folks that met in 1965 did well, didn't they? Most of all, though, we have gathered because we pray that God will be honored. God will be honored as the accounts of sacrifices and dreams, investments and work of men and women called by God to serve him wherever he leads them, that that account will be acknowledged in all the events of the evening. And so by the time we conclude, we intend to be able to say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, before we knew you, you had us in mind. And you called us to be your children. You called us to be your servants. You've called us to be your leaders and facilitators and followers. Before we knew you, you had this place in mind. And you've given us the privilege to respond to your plans, to respond to your calling, 
to respond to your will for our lives and for your church through the ministry of Nazarene Bible College. And so we ask now that you would accept our praise and honor and thanks for all that you've done, that you would accept our openness to do what it is that you want us to do next so that we can continue to honor you by our service. And we pray it in the name of the one who set the path, who cleared the way, the author and perfecter of our faith, in the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Remain standing and we'll sing. Lord, amen? amen? Amen. Let's just give him praise. <laughs> President Graves asked that I introduce to you the folks that have helped us worship this evening. Uh, this is Eden and Evan and Jessica and Brian, all students at Nazarene Bible College, and this is Tim McKithen, the leader of our Hispanic Pastor Ministries program. And now, if you'll take a seat, uh, Vice Chairman of the Board of Trustees, uh, Phil Fuller, uh, a longtime friend of mine. We've known each other since seminary days. He was six and I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> and I did have hair back then, too. It is my privilege to, uh, to greet you all. And uh, Nazarene Bible College has such a warm place in my heart for what it has done for the Virginia District and uh, how God is using pastors who have trained here to make a huge difference for kingdom impact. And we're so grateful. And it's a privilege for me to serve on the trustee board, and now especially a privilege for me to introduce our president to come to give his ninth report. Uh, I think you know him already so very well, but you may or may not have remembered that he is a graduate of Olivet Nazarene University and of Mount Vernon Nazarene University. And he's one of those few select people that is worthy not only of one honorary doctoral degree, but two, one from Mount Vernon and one from Southern Nazarene University. During his life, he's been a very effective pastor and a very effective district superintendent. But perhaps one of the things he did best was to marry Cheryl. What do you think? <laughs> I married a Cheryl too, so there we go. He's a proud father and a proud grandfather. Uh, sometime back I read somewhere that uh, the role of the Board of Trustees, you know, a lot of oversight kinds of responsibilities, but no greater task belongs to the Board of Trustees than the selection of leaders. and. Uh, Back in the spring, the executive committee at its meeting uh, realized that uh, at this meeting it would be our opportunity to uh, cast our ballot for the re-election of our president for another four-year term. So as the Board of Trustees gathered this afternoon, our first item of business was to uh, complete a review that had started over the summer and to hear the recommendation of the executive committee 
and to receive a ballot and to take a vote. And I'm pleased to announce to you for the first time publicly that the vote was unanimous for a four-year term for your president, our president, Harold Jones. We are very pleased that God has called him and that he is a willing servant of the Most High God. Amazing love, how can it be? that thou, my God, shouldst die for me and for Harold and for you. What an amazing, loving God we have. So help me say welcome to our president as he comes to give us his ninth report. God bless him. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, and certainly we are humbled by the confidence that the board has expressed in us today, uh, so undeserving, and they are such gracious, gracious supporters of Nazarene Bible College, and um, I gladly accepted their invitation to continue on for four more years, and uh, believing that uh, we got great days ahead for us. Some of the things that we are hearing in our committees today, and we'll hear tomorrow, uh, really underlines the fact that God has a plan for Nazarene Bible College, and that plan continues to unfold before our very eyes, and we celebrate that tonight. Well, that's not part of the report, but uh, I wanted to say that anyways. Thank you, Evan, for putting together our team tonight and for leading us in worship, uh, inspiring. Inspiring, thank you. Uh, well, uh, as you mo most of you know, our chairman, Dr. Roy Rogers, who I address in this report, uh, came to town early to visit his daughter and son-in-law. Jason is here tonight, pastor at Eastboro Nazarene Church. And uh, they arrived, and within 12 hours, he was in the hospital, or really less time than that, and discovered that he was going to have to have bypass surgery. And he had successful bypass surgery and got to come home to Jason's home and his daughter's home uh, yesterday. And he's recovering, and we're thankful for that. He had triple bypass surgery, and it was really a touch of God that got him here when he needed to be here and got him to the right hospital and the right doctors. And I just tell you, folks, when God has a plan for your life, he's in control. You just simply follow his will. So we rejoice tonight that Dr. Rogers is recovering. And thank you, Dr. Fuller, for uh, stepping in as chairman pro tem uh, this day and tomorrow. So members of the Board of Trustees and Nazarene Bible College staff and students, by the grace of God, I submit to you my ninth annual report as president of Nazarene Bible College. Johnson Oatman, Jr. was born to a devout Christian family in the year 1856. He was inspired by the faith of his father and studied for the ministry. He was ordained as a Methodist minister, but really felt like preaching was not his calling. He continued to pray and to seek God's will for his life. And when he was 36 years of age, 
he finally fulfilled the call of God into the ministry that God had chosen for him. The year was 1892 when Johnson took up his pen and began to write hymns. Within three years, by, and by 1895, the world was singing hundreds of his songs, many of which continue to be among my favorites. Songs like, There's Not a Friend, Like the Lowly Jesus, No, Not One, No, Not One. None else could heal our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide to the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Or I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where those abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. So Lord, lift me up. And let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Johnson Oatman wrote an average of over 200 gospel songs and hymns a year for over a period of 25 years, totaling 5,000 hymns. Another of my favorite of his hymns is the theme of my report tonight. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Are you burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, and every doubt will fly, and you, you will be singing as the days go by. So, amid the conflicts, whether they're great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. So count your many blessings, and angels will attend help and comfort you to your journey's end. You see, often we're tempted, we're tempted to focus on the challenges we face, the conflicts around us, the concerns that we have, and the crises of the moment. In doing so, we become discouraged and burdened. But the song reminds us, count your blessings, Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God hath done. Author Og Mandino wrote, Once you realize how valuable you are and how much you, are, how much you have going for you, the smiles will return. The sun will break out. The music will play. 
and you will finally be able to move forward the life that God intended for you with grace, strength, courage, and confidence. I tell you tonight, time does not permit me to count every blessing Nazarene Bible College has enjoyed through the years. They're too numerous to begin to count. And once I do, I would leave something out. Certainly, God has been gracious and faithful to NBC in so many ways. But in this report, I, I want to highlight three blessings, our purpose, our provisions, and our people. You see, we have a purpose that compels us. Since 1967, Nazarene Bible College has been determined to fulfill our mission of preparing men and women to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. I'm reminded of the words spoken by General Superintendent G.B. Williamson at the 1964 General Assembly of the Church of the Nazarene. He said, the Nazarene Bible College is needed to fill a great and not a diminishing need in the ranks of Nazarene ministry and Christian workers. So how are we doing in fulfilling our purpose? I believe that we are providing a quality education for the men and women called by God to serve in Christian ministry. You see, our great joy is in preparing students for a life of service and leadership in a diverse world. Our alumni serve as associate pastors, pastors, evangelists, educators, counselors, district superintendents, evangelists, and denominational leaders. They are a blessing to NBC and the church they serve and the Christ they represent. You see, each year we receive an analysis of relevant information uh, concerning the Nazarene institutions of higher education in the United States through Dr. Cobb's office. The following statistics that I'll share to you tonight comes from the 2013 IPEDS report. During the 2013 academic year, NBC had the second most traditional undergraduate students indicating a Nazarene preference among the Church of the Nazarene U.S. colleges and universities. Along with Eastern Nazarene College, we were the only institution recording a gain in Nazarene students. NBC had the most students enrolled in a ministerial program at all academic levels among the USA Nazarene colleges and universities. By that we mean graduate programs and undergraduate programs. And you can see no one's close to us. Once again, NBC led the way among the Church of the Nazarene USA colleges and universities and having the most students completing a program in philosophy and religion. Among the Church of the Nazarene USA colleges and universities, uh, students completing a program track in pastoral ministries in 2013 NBC had 47% of the total. In other words, 
NBC had a total of 81 students to finish a program leading to ordination in the Church of the Nazarene or pastoral ministries. And the eight liberal arts colleges and universities had a total of 93 for an average of 11.6 per institution. Can you see the impact NBC is having on the preparation of ministers in the Church of the Nazarene? No one, and I repeat, no institution of the Church of the Nazarene in the United States of America is preparing more men and women for pastoral ministries than Nazarene Bible College. In fact, no one even comes close to us. We have collaborative partnerships in the United States and around the world. The Alliance for Ministry Education provides oversight, curriculum, and support for ordination in the Church of the Nazarene to district ministry education centers across the U.S. What that simply means is that there are men and women out on a district that are seeking ordination in the church and they take classes from a district training center. In that training center, the faculty receive approval from Nazarene Bible College and the curriculum is our approved curriculum. So NBC's reach goes beyond the campus and the online to actual face-to-face -face opportunities for men and women called to ministry, preparing for ministry there in their home district. NBC is the only Nazarene institution in the United States offering a bachelor's in pastoral ministry in Spanish. We also provide online support for the module course of study in Spanish. Um, we are working with Roberto Hodson and his team. We have the curriculum. NNU sent it to us when they dropped the program. They sent it to us. And Roberto Hodson's team is putting that on our learning platform to be used across the U.S. in preparing men and women whose first language is Spanish for ordination in the Church of the Nazarene. We have a growing relationship with the Western Territory of the Salvation Army, and we are cultivating partnerships with the other three territories in the U.S. In a little bit, I hope that Dr. David Church will share to you some good news that we received this week. We are also working with the Hong Kong Institute of Christian Counseling. We have been working with them for several months uh, in a partnership that would enable their students to complete a degree from Nazarene Bible College online. And we're praying that their government will give them final approval. If you would join us in that, that is the only hang-up. We're ready to go with the program. We're waiting on their government to say, yes, you can go forward. I'm thankful tonight for the strong leadership Dr. Allen Like is giving NBC as Vice President for Academic Affairs. Dr. Like is a blessing to this college, and I've asked him tonight to, to give a summary of his report to the uh, Academic Affairs Committee that, that he gave this afternoon tonight. Dr. Like, would you come?
Academic Affairs at Nazarene Bible College fulfills the purpose that compels the college by centering on one goal, improve student learning. That's, that's what academic affairs is all about, improve student learning. Everything we do from course development to program planning to teaching, to teaching courses to grading homework to grading homework when the homework's in, <laughs> to grading homework, all of that is designed to improve our students' learning experiences because we are, we are convinced that the more our students learn, the more effective their learning experiences, the more effective they'll be in fulfilling God's call on their life as they evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. So academic affairs at Nazarene Bible College begins with our students. And to paraphrase the great theologian, Johnny Cash, our students are from Boston and Charleston, Dayton and Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texarkana, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, and where's Lenny? Oskaloosa. Get the idea. NBC students are from all over the U.S. and some from overseas, but wherever they are and wherever they take our classes, they, are all, they all have one purpose, and that's the purpose that compels us. Well, academic affairs begins with students. It is sustained by our faculty. There are over 160 qualified, credentialed, experienced men and women who serve as adjunct instructors for us on campus and across the country. Those instructors are mentored and monitored by nine resident faculty members who serve as the guides and guarantors of our academic programs and offerings. Individually and collectively, all of NBC's faculty join in pursuing academic affairs goal to improve student learning while fulfilling the college's one purpose, the purpose that compels us all. And I think most of the resident faculty are here this evening and there are some who are adjunct. Would you stand? We'd like to recognize you. Please. You need, you need to know that these men and women help facilitate over 600 sections of courses every year. They're making it happen. Next is the students are served by the faculty, so the faculty is served by a team of men and women who support every aspect of academic affairs efforts to improve student learning. We've added four new members to the team this year. We're grateful for the dozen or so veterans who continue to help us. Through writing code, to editing documents, to arranging schedules, to assisting students, to transcribing credits, that team supports our goal of improving student learning by pursuing the one purpose that compels us all. And those of you who are on that support team, would you stand? We'd like to recognize you, please. Finally, this is my second report to the Board of Trustees and to the college as the Vice President for Academic Affairs. In the past two years, we have reorganized our structure 
unified the oversight of the face-to-face -face and online campuses, distributed and delegated responsibilities, and empowered those with increased responsibilities with corresponding authority. And while we're still fine-tuning our realignment, the transition has already strengthened our ability to improve student learning and to better fulfill the one purpose that compels us all, to prepare adults to evangelize and disciple and minister to the world. Thanks for the opportunity. I count Dr. Like a great blessing. You know, I've been at this as president, now I'm starting my ninth year. And prior to that, I was on the Board of Trustees for 13 years. So I've been associated closely with this college for 22 years. And I make this observation. Nazarene Bible College is rarely recognized for our leadership role in preparing people for ministry in the Church of the Nazarene. But we are often replicated and relied upon. A second blessing that I would mention tonight is we have provisions that sustain us. In our strategic plan, we state that Nazarene Bible College will pursue opportunities to increase both enrollment and financial resources in order for the institution to maximize its potential for preparing men and women to minister in the church and the marketplace. While our emphasis has been on building the enrollment, we have not neglected the challenge to understand and control our cost. Dr. Michael Lindsay, president of Gordon College said, institutions that have thrived over the last few years have done so by growing themselves out of the financial problems, enrollment growth. That is not a sustainable model because demographically the pool of the college-bound population is declining in the United States. So there has to be a real attention to the financial model that sustains, that drives the engine of higher education. Building the enrollment has been a budgetary priority for us. We have made funds available for restructuring our enrollment management department, working with a nationally recognized enrollment management consultant, and implementing processes that are both efficient and effective. The result was the largest number of new students in a decade. We are also giving attention to retention, which is a common problem for institutions such as Nazarene Bible College. As we seek to pursue opportunities to increase enrollment, we recognize that enrollment growth alone will not satisfy financial restrictions, but it is an integral part of sustainability. We must also focus on systematic cost reduction in order to remain competitive and sustainable. We do this by identifying priorities and using assets strategically. Larry Ladd, Director, National Higher Education Practice, wrote, given today's competitive environment, colleges and universities need to think about how their financial and physical assets can best be aligned to achieve the institution's strategy. We have been blessed with a beautiful campus, 
that is debt-free and has been properly maintained. Last year, the Board of Trustees approved the plan to leverage our vacant land to offset the projected liability in our pension program. This move satisfied the only liability the college carried. Mrs. Shirley Cato, Vice President for Finance, is giving effective and efficient leadership in managing the budget as we have sought to focus on systematic cost reduction. Now, she was going to step in here tonight, but uh, one of their close friends that they pastored with in Wisconsin uh, died suddenly of a heart attack this past weekend. And Shirley asked to be excused, she met with her committee this afternoon, but asked to be excused tonight and tomorrow so that she and Bruce could travel to be with their good friend during this time of tragic loss. So I'm going to share just a few things that she was going to share tonight. 2013-14 saw a retirement of five employees with a combined total of 83 years of work experience with NBC. This opened the door for some new opportunities. Six of our 12 directors are new to their positions. Five of those were promoted from within. Three of the five members of the cabinet have been in place less than three years. We have seen an addition to our instruction team of a director of Hispanic ministries and a program director. In fact, she writes, for various reasons, almost every department has seen at, one, at least one new face. This year, we were involved in the practice of discounting, familiar to other college but new to NBC. Discounts were given in a range of 50 to $125 per credit hour based on grade point average. Even after discounting, we were approximately $60,000 ahead of last year in tuition revenue from degree students. We had new sources of revenue from the Associate of Arts and General Studies and Hispanic programs and a new rate for MPP students. Both of our new programs made positive contributions to the, to the bottom line. Also, the Nazarene Global Ministry Center and the U.S.-Canada region provided additional funding for operations, Alliance for Ministry Education, and capital. The capital funding that the denomination gave to us in the tune of $132,000 allowed us to re-roof Strickland and to also, sometime in the not-too-distant future, the pavers will show up to redo our parking lots. And for that, we will thank God. <laughs> Additionally, we had gains in the, in the stock market this year with our uh, endowments and other investments. The statement of financial position shows an increase in all assets except property, plant, and equipment over the prior year. We were blessed with a new $100,000 endowment from the Ellis Family Trust Fund, which we had no idea was coming, which was allowed to, to be classified by that trust as a management endowment, a management control endowment, and, and we are now using that as a capital fund endowment. 
where we can draw interest from that and do capital fund projects around the college. The summary of the past year, she writes, is good news. The audited financial statements show a gain of, and we're not, we're not going on any big trip on this, but you have to understand if you deal with this every day, this is big news. The audited financial statement shows that we finished in the black operationally, $12,913. And I say praise God. And she didn't write this in her report, but this I know for sure, we did not have to take a dime out of, a, out of our reserves this year. Not one dime out of our reserves. And, and for that, we just rejoice and thank God. And if you could have been in the cabinet room the day that we heard that announcement where there was glory be to God's all around that table, I just thank God for Shirley and her staff. I would like uh, for the staff members that come under Shirley's leadership, would you please stand? That, that would be, there you are, Greg and everybody. There, there we go. Stand. Thank you and good job. And we're counting on you to do the same thing in the coming year. Well, the third and final blessing I would mention tonight is, is we have people who inspire us. People are the key to success of Nazarene Bible College. Did you know that? We are inspired and motivated by, I am, by the administrators I get to serve with, uh, by the faculty who teach. They're the greatest. Would you agree with that, students? They're the greatest. I'm so thankful for our staff who serve so willingly, put in long hours. And uh, I, I want you to know, we, we probably don't say it enough, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. And, and our students who sacrifice. Students, would you stand tonight so we can thank you? Our students to know you're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're here. And um, we're thankful for you. And we bless you tonight. You see, it is our commit, it is the commitment of our people that enables us to overcome the challenges before us. One writer says, you have to do what others want to achieve what others don't. This can be said of our students, faculty, staff, and administrators. Everyone is important. Everyone. Everyone is important. Everyone plays a part in our success. When I wrote that, I, I was reminded of a quote that I saw from Christine Todd Whitman, who said, anyone who thinks they are too small to make a difference 
has never tried to fall asleep with a mosquito in the room. <laughs> so what are the challenges we face? Let me just quickly identify three. Making education accessible and affordable for all. Nazarene Bible College has been a leader among Nazarene institutions in making education accessible. We first took our programs out in the extension centers spread out across the U.S., followed up by online that, that knows no borders. So we were the first of the Nazarene institutions that offered distance education through online classes. A college education is increasingly unaffordable for many students. We are aware of this trend, and we're doing our best to keep the cost as affordable as possible. I'm pleased to say that, that we did not increase tuition at all this year because we are committed to making education accessible and affordable. A second challenge for us is the dilemma of the digital age. Troy Kay, senior manager for Deloitte Canada, warns, students that have grown up using online social networking sites expect certain standards of interaction from their providers, including their schools. Universities and colleges that fail to provide students with intuitive online systems to streamline registration, enrollment, identity management, and payment run the risk of increasing churn due to rising user dissatisfaction. Similarly, schools that have not yet embraced online forms of communication, including Facebook and Twitter, are losing a critical opportunity to build student loyalty and cement long-term relationships. Larry Ladd writes, the biggest changes in higher education will be technological. Technology continues to transform how students learn and how institutions are managed. He writes, and this was just recently, in 10 years, the university will be dramatically different from the one it is now. In fact, it may not be a place at all, at least not a physical place. Ladd then mentioned ways in which the educational landscape will change. Distance education will become typical rather than supplemental. Let me ask you, how many of you this week have heard an advertisement on the radio for an online college program somewhere? You hear them every day. And, 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 and the truth is, Everybody's doing it now. When we started in online education, we were pioneers. We were pioneers in that movement. And now everybody's doing it. Cloud-based computing will become the norm for both academic and administrative IT functions. Information will, be, will become more accessible, especially on mobile devices. Now let me say this. Our IT department, led by Mr. Fred Phillips, is the most creative, efficient, and effective team any college could hope for.
I, I can tell you that I could, I could be here all night. I could bring Fred up here and he would dazzle you for the first minute of his conversation and the rest of it, the rest of it, you would say, what did he just say? But I can tell you that Fred Phillips and his team are a blessing to this college. And I'd like for our IT team to stand tonight, would you? Then there is the increased competition for a diminishing pool of potential students. There have been numerous reports demonstrating the shifting trends in age among students beginning undergraduate and graduate programs in America. According to a 2002 National Center for Education Statistics report, non-traditional students make up 73% of all students enrolled in an undergraduate program and 39% of all undergraduate students are 25 years or older. Not only does this report indicate that non-traditional students already make up the majority of all post-secondary institutions, but a study conducted by the Western Interstate Commission for Higher Education indicated that after 2008, the number of high school graduates would decline until 2015, which means increased competition for undergraduate institutions seeking to maintain or increase the number of newly enrolled students. Now this is the point I want you to see. This expected decline in the number of prospective traditional college students may mean that institutions will make up for this decline by making a stronger effort to target non-traditional students. Here's the point. From our inception, we have been a college focused on non-traditional students. And, and we were doing that before our eight liberal arts sister colleges got into that. They're all into it now. They're all into it now. In fact, I would dare say that most of them, if they did not have those programs, would be in serious financial difficulty. And the thing that we're seeing is that now they're beginning to expand into online education, which means that they become competitive to the things that we are doing. So that, that that diminishing pool of potential students really presents a great challenge for us that we're up to. We're up to that. And, and we're doing things right now that I believe, because I believe the thing that we will do better than anybody is not only deliver a quality education, but we're going to give the best customer service to our students that anybody receives anywhere. Amen? The long enrollment boom that swelled American colleges and helped drive up their prices is over with grim implications, implications for many schools. College enrollment fell 2% in 2012-13, the first significant decline since the 1990s. The college age population is dropping after more than a decade of sharp growth. And many adults who opted out of a forbidding job market and went back to school during the recession had been drawn back to the workplace by the economic recovery.
against this backdrop, against this backdrop, we have worked diligently to restructure and revitalize our enrollment processes so that we are successful in the recruitment and retention of students. Dr. David Church assumed leadership of our enrollment management team in July. During the past 18 months, he served alongside Dr. Laurel Matson as they restructured our enrollment management department with counsel of the Dysert Group. We have seen a seamless transition from Dr. Matson to Dr. Church. And I am most pleased with the, with the leadership experience and expertise of Dr. Church. Dr. Church is a blessing to this college. He's going to share a few things from his report now at this time. It is my pleasure and my honor to stand before you for my first report. Uh, today I brought that first report to my subcommittee, but in a very real sense, this is not my report, but rather the report of Laurel Matson and a group of NBCers that are doing great work. Uh, Dr. Matson, who retired, had 50 years of experience uh, in the Nazarene world and 13 years here. I cannot replace him, but we have an awesome team in place that is working at doing just that. Those of you that work in enrollment management, would you please stand and be recognized this evening? As you know, and has been said several times this evening, we exist to glorify God by uh, preparing adults to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. I don't have time tonight to tell you all of the things that we have done, but let me give you a few um, statistics to show you what has happened this year. Uh, your enrollment management team has worked hard. Um, if we could get that slide up, Vic, please, to uh, put a face on NBC, and we have improved uh, inquiries by 16% in the last year. Applications for NBC are up 89%. New student enrollment is up 27%. And new student enrollment in degree programs is at its highest level in more than 15 years. I say, Glory to God. Summer enrollment uh, was up 58%. So we have had a good year. All of that uh, amounted to some black numbers on the financial report for which we give God praise. And the billable hours that go with these students were up. So we're grateful. Looking forward, uh, the enrollment management group has gone through and done a SWOT analysis, the strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. I uh, want to talk to you just about one opportunity. We have uh, just been announced as the college of choice for the Salvation Army in the Western Territory of the United States.
What that means to the Salvation Army is every officer west of Colorado, and they have quite a few, they bring 50 to 60 new recruits in every year. Every one of those are expected to be students at Nazarene Bible College. They come to their college to be trained to be officers for two years. At the end of their second year to get their diploma, they must enroll at Nazarene Bible College for continuing education and to work towards a bachelor's degree. If they choose to get a degree at a different college than Nazarene Bible College, they get to pay for it themselves. <laughs> so we give God the praise and glory. Uh, yesterday, we received in our office a list of 54 names of brand new students who will begin their coursework in March of this coming year. Uh, so, 54 brand new students. In addition, there was an email that went out immediately following to 159 other officers telling them, reminding them that they had education requirements that they must complete and they should do that at Nazarene Bible College. So we are expecting, actually it started at 4 o'clock last evening, right Judy? And uh, by this morning, we already had eight new applications from the Salvation Army, and to God be the glory. We are also working with them, not only with their officers, but we now have our first Salvation Army employee that gets full tuition assistance from the Army enrolled in class. We now also have, where's Tim McKithen, our first Hispanic Spanish-speaking, full-paying uh, customer from the Salvation Army in that program, and they're paying three times what our Nazarene Hispanic folks are because you are helping to underwrite those. So we are praising God for that arrangement. Last week, uh, uh, Tim also received uh, communication. We have reached out to other Spanish-speaking territories outside of the U.S. and are starting discussions about how we can be of service to them. So good news on that front. Uh, I won't take time to tell you other things that God is doing there. God is blessing and has been blessing in tangible ways in the enrollment management department this year. We give him credit, honor, and glory for that. I, for one, am breathless with anticipation, waiting to see what he has in store for this year. You can be assured that your enrollment management department will be engaged in creatively exploring opportunities, diligently following up on prospective students, and seeking to provide resources for successfully equipping the called ones. Thank you, David, and I can tell you that Dr. Church nurtured that relationship with the Western Territory, and I hope you understand how significant of a win that is for his team. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. 
So I want to thank Mrs. Cato and Dr. Church and Dr. Like and Mr. Fred Phillips for their commitment and friendship. They are giving outstanding leadership in serving Nazarene Bible College. I'm reminded of a quote I once read. I've learned that the easiest way for me to grow as a person is to make sure that I surround myself with people smarter than I am. And I think I've done that. Ralph Marston wrote, every positive thing in your life represents a single unique blessing. Every negative thing in your life has the opportunity to become a double blessing. For when you turn the negative into a positive, you gain twice. You are no longer burdened with the negative situation. And in addition to that, you are strengthened by a new positive force. I conclude this report with a song of gratitude in my heart. It has been an incredible honor to have spent the last eight years of my life serving Christ and others through the ministry of Nazarene Bible College. This past year, I have traveled 60,000 miles representing NBC at denominational gatherings, educational meetings, and speaking engagements. This summer, I attended 15 district assemblies. If you'd have told me that when I was a pastor, I, I would have told you you're crazy. <laughs> Two PALCONs and spoke at a camp meeting. It is always encouraging to meet our alumni, current students, and adjunct faculty at these gatherings. They are proud to be a part of Nazarene Bible College. And with tears in their eyes, those students thank me again and again, saying, we could not do this without NBC. It truly broadens my understanding of the reach and significance of Nazarene Bible College. Well, I'm blessed to have a supportive and loving partner in ministry. On June the 15th, 1974, I received the greatest gift in my life when Cheryl Collins said, I do. And at our, at our reception, we served milk. No, it's not pina coladas. <laughs> it's pineapple sherbet something. But let me say it's been a 40-year journey of sharing life and ministry. Not long after we moved here, she said to me, she said, you know, honey, every time we move, I lose my job. Um, I'll never forget, she had her dream job when we were pastoring in Cincinnati, her dream job. And the church called and asked me to serve as district superintendent in Oklahoma. She tried to get a hold of me, uh, and my secretary at the church said, well, he's been on the phone all day. And she pressed to know, she was teaching second grade just down the street, she pressed to know who he was talking to. And my secretary really didn't know. She said, I think it's somebody from Kansas City. So I get home, and she comes in. It's December, and it's already dark. 
And she comes in, and I'm sitting by the couch talking to somebody on the phone. She walks up to me, she looks at me, and she said, where is it? <laughs> and I said, Tulsa, Oklahoma. She spun around and disappeared. I finished my phone conversation. I looked all over the house. I went upstairs to our bedroom. It was dark. No lights on. And I opened our closet door. And in the dark, she said, crying. Honey, we can't do this. And I said, well, honey, if that's what God wants us to do, we can do it. Uh, she left her dream job to follow me to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I have known people in my position whose spouse said, we're not going anywhere. And that was the end of it. But she has been a willing partner to me through these 40 years. And I want you to know, she's my best friend. And I'll tell you this, she's my closest colleague and my wisest confidant, without a doubt. And I'm so glad you said yes. And I thank you for the 40 years that you've given me and our children and now our grandchildren. And I applaud you, Mrs. Graves. She has begged me to take her to Europe. And I'll be honest with you, I've had no inclination to do that. Uh, in fact, I told her on numerous occasions, uh, you'll have to go in with your second husband. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do that. Then Cheryl and my sister-in-law, Sharon, got together. And they ganged up on David and myself. And Saturday morning at 6 o'clock, we're going to get on a plane and head to Rome. Um, so, uh, you know, if any of you know me very well, you know my horror stories for vacation type stuff, just say a prayer for us. <laughs> I've tried to check to see if there was any uh, volcanoes that were going to go off potentially <laughs> while we were there. Or, you see, we've had every natural disaster, I think, but an earthquake and a volcano. And, and, and so, you know, uh, you know, if, if anything goes off, just say, well, it. I want you to know, honey, I love you to infinity and beyond. In closing, I remind us all to count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. 
Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. Count on God instead of yourself. Respectfully submit. Speaking to the Board of Trustees, uh, this is an official part of our gathering to hear the report of the President. And uh, in the official record, we would like to receive the report of the President. So if there's a trustee member who would like to do so, it would be appropriate now to make a motion to receive the President's report. Yeah, thank you. There is a second. And uh, is there any comment or question other than way to go, Mr. President? Huh? <laughs> I would want to say this, we hold you in high regard, and we thank God for you and your passion for Nazarene Bible College. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. There is a motion on the floor. All in favor say aye. aye. All opposed, no. And the motion's carried, and our secretary will report it in the minutes. Forty years. Congratulations. Uh, Rome, Italy. Congratulations. <laughs> You're going to love it. I spent 10 years of my life in Italy, son of Nazarene missionaries who were sent to the jungles of Italy. Yes. <laughs> and Rome is what I call my hometown. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Hold on to your wallet while you're there. Yeah. Uh, the Board of Trustees got together, and we have a little gift we'd like to present. And so if uh, you'd bring Cheryl up here, I think... I think she deserves this and probably more than whatever's in here, but uh, come on up. Hey, this is your opportunity to say thank you to, to Mrs. Graves. I could just say something about what this is. In this, in this bag are a number of, uh, a little bit late anniversary cards, but no better appropriate timing than just before you go. <laughs> and there's all kinds of little goodies inside there that I think will make it easier on your trip. And so we're delighted to present this to you. Congratulations on 40 years Thank and you. may God bless you real good. want to say thank you so much. Um, it's such a joy to be here, and um, it's such a great place to be, and I, as all you know, it's a wonderful place to live, a wonderful group of people to work with, and a wonderful calling to fulfill to be here. So we're thrilled to be here, and thank you so much. This has just been, this has just been the best day, and we love everybody, and thank you so much for the cards and the gifts, and we just appreciate it so much. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I believe, uh, I believe I have one more song that's going to be part of our celebration here. And uh, usually, if uh, after these gatherings there's a little reception uh, and uh, 
Ms. Cheryl is the one who usually has a lot to do with those, and with their planned trip, I think uh, they just kind of made it a, a plan that maybe we wouldn't have one, but, but we couldn't let their 40th go by without something, could we? And so as you leave tonight, you'll find a little goodie or something out there and a little refreshment and an opportunity just to celebrate in honor of their 40th. Isn't it good that they did that just for you so you could have that? So uh, let's sing together, uh, and, uh, and then we'll have a closing word of benediction, I believe, uh, from Dave Church. Yes. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence here this evening. We thank you for the honor and the privilege to work with you as you transform lives and to reconcile this broken world to you. We thank you for the opportunity to participate in your plan. What an awesome privilege we have. We thank you for all of these that are gathered here that are a part of this great institution, Nazarene Bible College. We pray that in the days to come that you would continue to work through us to make a difference in this world. Now go with us, we pray, and may your favor continue to rest on this place and on each one of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>